a good slide presentation and the ability to tell really compelling stories to executives can like turbocharge your career forward in ways that are really surprising. This is the process I want you to go through when you're making your next PowerPoint deck. The better that you can get at using the limited time that you have with them to convey key information to them in an effective way, the more valuable you become to the organization. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jess. I am a New York Times featured podcast host and a career coach for ambitious women who work in a corporate or nine to five job. I am here to help you find your voice, become a super confident leader and communicator, and hopefully help you advance upwards into leadership roles and thrive along the way. And today I am talking about a topic that I have not talked about before on the podcast, and I can't believe that I haven't talked about it because it was literally what I spent most of my career doing, and it was a huge foundation for my own success. And it can definitely be a huge foundation for your success in your career And that is the art of creating super impressive, super compelling, executive-friendly slide presentations. So when I was in my 9-to-5 career, which is what I did before I took this podcast full-time, I made a lot of slides for executive audiences, for members of the C-suite. I made decks that went up to the board of directors. I had to learn how to get really good and really crisp at making slide presentations. And what I learned and why I'm so excited about this episode is because a good slide presentation and the ability to tell really compelling stories to executives can like turbocharge your career forward in ways that are really surprising. Because honestly, to me, slide making and slide creation feels like a pretty mundane topic, but it was incredible to me how much I was able to build my professional reputation as a thought leader because my slide presentations were so crisp and so executive friendly. And the good news is, is that for you to make this happen, you don't need to be like super special. You don't need any special skills. You just need to learn a few simple steps and a few simple principles and apply them over and over and get really good at them And pretty soon you will be creating slide decks that are helping you stand out and leaving your audience with a feeling that they can trust you and that they want to see more from you and that they want to give you the big projects and the big opportunities because you're able to communicate the findings and the work to them in such a clear, compelling way. I really want you to think about this for a minute. Like This is so important for me to share with you. When you think about executives and leaders in your company, members of the C-suite, just whoever your stakeholders are, whether it's your boss, whether it's a director, whether it's a VP, whether it's an executive on the C-suite, but whoever it is, 
their time is limited. And the better that you can get at using the limited time that you have with them to convey key information to them in an effective way, the more valuable you become to the organization. Think about it this way. The CEO's job at your company is to make really big decisions. They have to make big decisions that are going to impact the future of the company, and they want to make the correct decisions. But the CEO, and this is true of all leaders at the company, but it's easiest to see it when we use the CEO as an example, the CEO doesn't have time to do all the research and gather all the information and do all the legwork to make that decision. The CEO needs to rely on their leaders and other people in the company, people like you, to gather the information for them, to present it to them clearly so that they can make the right decision. So your ability to clearly articulate a story or idea via a PowerPoint presentation to a leader or an executive in your company can literally make or break that executive or leader's success and therefore make or break the success of the company and therefore make or break the success that you are able to accomplish as a catalyst for those business results. So today, I want to share a framework with you and some tools and some learning that is going to help you get really, really good at this. So I want to start with what I see a lot when people are creating presentations, and I want you to try to avoid doing this because it takes away the potency, (laughs) potency is that a word, but it doesn't help your presentations be as strong as they possibly can. So what most people do when they have a meeting coming up and they need to create a PowerPoint presentation and make some slides to share findings with their audience, what a lot of people will do in that situation is they'll open up PowerPoint or whatever program you are using to create your deck and they'll start creating slides. And of course, this sounds like a pretty intuitive way to start. However, I don't recommend working this way. And here's why. The reason why is because when you are sharing a presentation with an executive audience, you don't just want it to be an amalgamation of facts and information. In order for you to share something that is clear and high impact, you want it to be one cohesive story. What I mean by cohesive story is that it has an arc and it flows. So here's an analogy to help you understand what I mean by cohesive story. I think this is going to help you so much with your decks and your presentation and just help you become a better executive communicator. So I want you to imagine a really big art museum. And there are two ways that you can take a tour through this art museum. The first way is you can just wander around randomly. And you can pop into one of the rooms, take a look at a painting, pop into a different part of the art museum, look at some other paintings, maybe go to the top floor, look at those paintings, maybe check out some sculptures on the bottom floor. You can just meander or wander around the art museum. Now, if you do that, you're going to see a lot of beautiful art. You're going to certainly take in a lot of wonderful images. You're going to learn some things. You're going to enjoy the visit. So it's not like you're not going to get anything out of it. However, I want you to contrast that with having a tour guide who guides you through the museum in such a way that you learn about the evolution and the history of art 
through the centuries, through the ages, as you are seeing the different works of art. So rather than seeing a random sculpture or a random painting here and there, the tour guide starts you off at the room in the museum that represents the earliest art, and you look at those paintings and you look at that artwork, and then you learn about how it evolved year after year, century after century, and you see all of the artwork and the paintings in the order that those eras in time happened. So when you leave the art museum after going on that cohesive tour, not only will you have seen a lot of beautiful artwork and paintings, but you will also come out with a deeper understanding of what it is you just saw because you were taken on a cohesive journey through the museum from the earliest art through the, you know, mid art, like mid times art. I don't know what you'd call that through the modern and contemporary art. So you have this grasp and this understanding of the trajectory of how artwork evolved. You didn't just see a bunch of paintings. You have the full story. This is how I want you to think about slide presentations that you're creating for executives. You don't want them to just be dabbling across the museum and seeing random paintings and random bits of information. You want them to have a cohesive experience. You want them to be able to follow a cohesive story because when they have that cohesive experience, their understanding of the work you're doing is going to be much deeper. Just like in the art museum, if you're taken on a tour, you're going to have a deeper understanding of the art you just saw. And when your executive stakeholder or your leader or your boss or whoever it is, when they have that deeper understanding, they can make better decisions. When they can make better decisions, the company gets better outcomes, they get better outcomes, and you become highly valuable to the company. So when you're creating a deck, you want to think about that deck as a cohesive story, which means that instead of starting with the actual slides, and instead of opening up PowerPoint and making slides, you want to first figure out what the story is. And this is the step that a lot of people skip, and they miss the opportunity to create a super compelling, super potent presentation. So before you open up your slide creation software of choice, I want you to open up a simple document, and I want you to write the story. And I want you to write the story in just sentences and words. I don't want you to even think about the slides because that's a totally different mental muscle. And I don't want you to be distracted with that when what's most important at the outset is to figure out what the story is. So you literally want to ask yourself, if I had to write a simple paragraph of five or six or seven sentences that tells the story of what I want to explain to my stakeholders, to my boss, to these leaders, what would that be? And I want you to actually write it out. Now, this is hard because we don't always think in stories. Sometimes it's easier for us to just like start dumping information and charts and data into PowerPoint pages. That's easier because it doesn't require as much of that top-down thinking. However, top-down thinking, while it's harder, it's how you create top-down communication. And top-down communication is what is most compelling to an executive audience. They don't want random bits of information just put on slides and put in some sort of order, right? They don't want to wander around the art museum. They want that top-down, crisp, 
clear, cohesive experience, which means that your brain will have to hurt a little bit in figuring out what the story is. But the cool thing about this is that the more you practice doing it, the more you start to think in stories. And it does become a lot easier to come up with a story. And the more that you practice pulling up a Word document or even getting out a pen and paper and literally writing out the sentences of the story, the more you practice that, the more automatic it will become. And you'll get to a point where you might not even need to write it out. You'll just like know the story and be able to create the deck right away without having to do the Word document. But in the beginning, you really need to practice to build the muscle. Otherwise, your decks aren't going to be cohesive enough and they're not going to be as top down as they could be. So you want to write the story and you literally want to think about it almost reminds me of like, I don't know if you had this. I had this in elementary school and I loved it. But library class where we would go to the library and we would sit down on the floor all in like a clump, right? Just all in like a little circle. And the librarian would pick out a book and she would read it. And then she would, you know, turn the book around so we could see the pictures. And she would kind of like not pass it around, but like show us the pictures and read the book. I loved story time. I lived for story time as a kid. It was just so fun. But I really want you to think about your story that you're writing as being as simple as almost a children's book story, that's going to help you write it. So for example, let's say in your job, you work in HR. And one of the things that you're doing is you're helping to maybe partner with some of the leaders at your company to design an entire new org within one of the teams. Maybe your company's expanding and you need a new org and you need a new team. You want to think about like, if this was a storybook, the story of us designing the org structure for this new team, well, what's the full story? And you want to zoom out and get your mind into story mode. And when you get your mind into story mode, you realize like, oh, well, where did this story start? Well, this story started with our company expanding. Our company is expanding, we're growing, we have brand new operational needs. And because of that growth and because of the new operational needs we have, we have to form this brand new team. So I want you to see how, just like with any good story, I'm starting at the very beginning, right? So I'm not starting necessarily with, here's my org design for the team, I'm starting at the beginning of the story, which is our company is growing, right? Just like any good like story or fairy tale, it, it, it never starts like straight with the meat of the story. It always starts with like, there was this princess once upon a time, or there was this magical land once upon a time. You want to think of your story as similar. You don't want to actually dive right into the thing you're working on. You want to think about where does this story begin? And typically, most business stories and most decks begin with what's happening more broadly at your company or with the business, right? So in the case of the example that I gave, this story starts with, oh, the company is growing. And because it's growing, we have more operational needs. And so that leads us to needing to create this brand new team. Now, the reason why starting with this context and really starting the story like at the very, very beginning is so effective is because your executive audience is busy. They don't remember the context of what it is you're working on. 
And by writing this story in a way where you start at the very beginning, you ensure that they are fully caught up to you and they remember why you are doing what you're doing. So this avoids you falling into the trap of putting information in front of them that's too specific and they can't remember why you're working on this org design. And so it's confusing to them. And you think you've done it wrong, or you think your work isn't good, or you think you're not smart enough, and none of those things are true. Your work is usually really, really good. It's just that without context and without zooming out and telling that full story, that busy leader, that busy executive who has so many different things on their mind doesn't remember the purpose of your work or the bigger context behind it, so they feel a little bit confused and overwhelmed when you jump straight into it. This is why it's so important to start your story at the beginning. So like I mentioned, the example that I walked you through here is the story of your company growing. The company is growing and expanding. We have broader operational needs. And so we're creating this brand new team. And then the story would probably continue with some of the steps that you took to create this new team. So maybe the next couple sentences in the story would look something like, We wanted to ensure this team had enough capacity to deliver on our growth goals and objectives for the next one to two years. And we also wanted to make sure that the team was agile enough to be able to meet changing needs of the business because we know that things will continue to evolve. And so the way that we designed this org was based on our combined goal of increasing our capacity while remaining agile. And then maybe the next couple sentences are, here's exactly how we designed this organization. Here's the logic behind these decisions. And here's what we need from you, executive stakeholder. We need to know if you feel comfortable green lighting this org design so that we can go ahead and begin our hiring process. So as you can see, I laid out this full story arc. It starts with the context, what's been happening with the company, why do we even need to build out this new team. Then I share a little bit about our goals and what we were thinking about when we designed the team. Then I share the actual design of the team and the logic behind it. And then I share my ask from the stakeholder. Now, what's really helpful is when I have those sentences written out, I can now use those sentences to build the structure of my PowerPoint presentation. This is going to ensure that every single page and every single slide that I create in the PowerPoint presentation is building towards that cohesive story. The end product is going to be higher quality because it all fits into this cohesive narrative. Now, here's a really important rule of thumb. Once you have written out your story, you want to chunk your story into the discrete parts and ideas. So what that would look like with the example that I shared is there probably like four or five discrete chunks or discrete ideas to the story. The first chunk is talking about the company growing. The second chunk is talking about some of the goals that you were keeping in mind when designing the new team, the new org. The next chunk after that is showing the actual org design and the logic behind it. 
And then the final chunk is getting approval for that org design. So I would say that the story that I gave as an example in this episode has four parts. This is really important because then what you want to make sure is that each part of your story, like your written story that you write out in a Word doc or on a piece of paper, you want to make sure that each of the discrete parts of your story corresponds to one or more slides. What I see trip people up is they try to share too many different ideas in the same slide. You don't want to do that. You want each slide to cover one idea maximum, but if it's a really meaty big idea, you might actually choose to spread that idea over multiple slides. So let's go back to the example that I shared. Bucket one of the story is that the company is growing and has greater operational needs. That was bucket one. Now, that's a pretty straightforward point. I can probably cover that in one slide, maximum two slides. Because once I talk about that, everyone's going to remember it. Everyone's going to know that the company is growing. So I don't need to spend a ton of time and a ton of slides on that idea. It's pretty straightforward. Now, the next chunk of the story is where I talk about some of the goals that I had in mind as I was designing the team. So I talk about how I want to make sure the team has enough capacity to deliver on the company's growth needs. I also talked about how the team needs to be agile to keep up with the business as it's evolving. So this is a pretty complicated chunk or bucket in the story. So I'm probably going to require more than one slide to explain this. I might need three or four slides to lay out those objectives. Similarly, the next chunk of the story, which is where I actually show the proposed org design and I show how I'm proposing building the team, that's probably also going to require more than one slide. Now, the theme here and the name of the game is to give your ideas breathing room. You don't want to cram a lot of ideas into one slide because that is going to overwhelm your audience and it's going to make it really hard for you to verbally present the information. When you have multiple different ideas all in one slide, it becomes really difficult to walk your audience through it. So once you write your story and once you break it up into chunks or buckets, you want to assign each chunk or bucket one or more slides and you don't want to take any of those chunks or buckets and try to jam them into a single slide. You want to make sure that each slide has a discrete idea and there might be some ideas that are meaty enough that you're realizing that you want to spread the idea across multiple slides. Now, I'm going to get really nerdy, like extremely nerdy, extremely nerdy. You might judge me. That's okay. But I want to make a distinction that's going to help you with this. There's a difference between a slide element and a slide idea. A slide element is an element that is on your slide. So an example of a slide element would be a chart, a table of data, an image. That's an element that goes on your slide. An idea is just the main idea behind the slide. You want to make sure each slide has one idea, 
one main point that it's making. And if you have multiple elements on a single slide, maybe you have a data table and an image, or maybe you have multiple charts on a slide. But if you have multiple elements on one slide, you need to make sure that all of those elements are building towards the same idea. You don't want to have multiple elements on a slide that build and correspond to multiple ideas that is going to get very confusing for your audience. So you just want to be careful and you just want to keep in mind that the purpose of a slide is to convey one idea and you'll ask yourself what needs to go on the slide in order to convey that idea. But what you don't want to do is try to convey multiple ideas on one slide. Trust that you will save that idea for the next slide and trust that your audience will be able to follow the story and keep up with you if you keep it simple and you keep it to one idea per slide. That said, the nuance here is that one idea per slide doesn't mean one element per slide. Sometimes in order for you to convey an idea for your audience, you need to put multiple elements on the slide. You might need to show a bar graph and you might need to show an image and you might need to put some text on there to help your audience see the idea. So don't confuse ideas with elements. They're two different things. Okay, now I wanna make this super, super actionable for you and make this super easy to remember. So I'm gonna close with an acronym that is going to help you remember this and the acronym is S. P. It stands for Story Parts Pages. This is the process I want you to go through when you're making your next PowerPoint deck. Step one, S stands for story. I want you to open a Word doc or take a pen and paper and write down the sentences of the story that you are telling to your audience. And remember, keep it like a storybook. Keep it like, um, you know, like a library story time type of story where it's super simple, where it starts at the very beginning, where there's a little bit of context and keep it really, really basic. So first you're gonna write your story, that's the S. Then the next step is P. You're gonna take your story and break it into parts. So you're gonna figure out what are the discrete ideas or parts of this story and you're gonna chunk them out And then you're going to take each of those parts and translate those parts into pages. So that's the second P, SPP, story parts pages. So for each part of the story, you're going to ask yourself, how many pages do I want to spend explaining this one part of the story? Now, of course, as you build your deck, you might change things, you might move things around, you might change the story. So don't feel like you have to be like, locked into your story and locked into the initial way that you lay out the pages. You can be flexible as you go, but this process is going to make sure that you're getting started on the right foot, that you're being top down, that you're thinking in the same way an executive would be thinking as you're building your PowerPoint, and that you're coming up with something that's going to be very compelling for a busy leader or a busy executive at your company. Now, there's so much more that I can share about this. If you're trying to get better at slides, I highly, highly recommend that you get access to my free resource library, which you can grab using the link in the show notes. It will take you there. One of the resources that you'll find in my free resource library is a free slide template that has some great examples of slides that have a super clean, super executive-friendly layout. 
So in this podcast episode, I talked a lot about the story and the ideas. I didn't talk quite as much about the layout of the slides. That's equally important. You want your slides to be clean and crisp. And I have some really good examples of that and some templates that you can just take and use inside my free resource library. You can grab the free resource library by heading to justguzzitcoaching.com slash free resources and clicking the button that says get access to the free resource library. And actually, I'll tell you where to go in the library to find these templates. So once you get access to the free resource library, you'll see a section called templates. Go to that section and there's something in there called project scoping template. And that is an actual slide template that you can use. It's going to help you give a sense of how your slides should look if they're going in front of executives. You can totally do this. Even if things in this episode sounded hard or complicated, it's just because they're new. Truly, this is a very simple thing. It's just a new habit that you have to build and a new way of sharing information, but you are totally capable of doing it. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. It's such an honor to be here with you. And I will catch you in the next one. Bye.